Now, people, we have been quiet for a while, which is very unusual for you and I, Janet Anscombe. <laughs> but we, I think, did we feel that we hadn't, well, we weren't feeling very cheerful and there wasn't a lot to say that people didn't know already, but we kind of think, well, let's have another podcast before the end of the year because I'll be away for next week. You've got stuff going on. Um, and I think what we can talk about today, hopefully, will bring people the information they need to get to the end of the year. Absolutely. I think there have been such major stories, but only one or two of them, and obviously COVID and La Palma, that it was pointless just rehashing the same information over and over and over again. But we didn't want to let the year end without at least doing a, a sort of Christmas year, or at least a, hopefully a bit festive. Um, <laughs> Are we going to make it jolly? <laughs> I don't know. We, well, let's just say we have not got cheese and wine and we will not be doing a quiz, although we might hold a quiz after for those who listen. That's right. And I neither <laughs> so dressed in tinsel. Um, well, you speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to do a tearful resignation. OK, I promise. <laughs> I no. <laughs> um, well, well, will we begin there? I mean, we're not going to begin with Allegra Stratton because she's not the surprise guest on the podcast. No, she is not. <laughs> um, but let's just, there has been so much confusion and um, myself included as to restrictions on travel from the UK, uh, from Ireland, from Schengen countries. Now, um, Spain tries to actually be fairly solid in that when it brings out a ruling on who can and can't travel and how they travel, it stays the same until the following date. And at the moment, they're updating their list of risk and high risk countries every seven days. And the next scheduled update is at midnight on Sunday, the 19th of December. So one minute before we go into the 20th of December. Yes. Now, if my understanding is correct, say if you're traveling from the UK, the UK is currently, they take it all as one, is considered a risk country, but not a high risk country. So therefore, if you are fully vaccinated and you have your COVID certificate, you may travel without a test. Now that's our understanding, am I right? Janet? That's our understanding. And of course the passenger control form, the location form. Uh, well, yeah, the that one that everybody has to fill in. Ever. But, but as we understand it, yeah, at the moment, if you are coming from the UK, which is considered risk, but not high risk, you need the certificate of vaccination, but you don't need to be bringing an antigen or a or PCR, PCR test, test yeah. uh, as well. That might change in a week's time, but because as of yesterday, the UK has gone into what they call alert level four. Now, this is different from tier four. And yeah. it is causing no end of confusion. But alert level four means this is an actively spreading, um, well, I suppose they are talking about Omicron, aren't they? Because Boris Johnson only <laughs> last night in his address said that it was now a tidal wave of cases that were going to be overwhelming the NHS, they anticipated. And so in a week's time, it is quite likely, I think, that Spain could reassess the UK. Hmm as high risk but I'm at the moment as you say they, they are keeping with the they do give people a chance and for this week at least nobody needs a test in addition to a vaccine certificate oh yeah and, and 
I mean, again, the practice with Spain seems to have been that they, as you say, they don't announce something that comes into force the next day. It, it, no, it's right. the same from even with the change of levels. We got the, the level two announcement for Gran Canary and Tenerife, which we're going to talk about in a sec, on yeah. Friday, and it came into force today. So it gives like there's a 48 hour adaptation period. That's right. So anybody who is traveling and has a fully vaccinated certificate and the rules change, one is assuming, hoping that you'd have like 48 hours if you needed to go and get a test done or whatever. But for yeah. now, that is what you need to travel. And as you very rightly point out, the SPTH, which is the Spanish Health Portal form, which needs to be, it's like the passenger locator form, needs to be filled out by everybody, completed within 48 hours of your flight. And you can either keep it on your phone or you can print it out. It can. It is presented in either form. Um, and that is anybody who's traveling from outside Spain. So if you're traveling from Madrid or from Barcelona down to the Canary Islands, you don't need it at the moment for traveling outside Spain. Can I just add, Janet, in case people, in case there are changes or people are worried, one of the sites I always use because it's an official site and it's in English is hellocanaryislands.com. It's the best. It yes. really is it's good. It's a regional tourism website for people to check the government, the regional government's own entry. Exactly. Rules. You know, and at it, the very top of the page, in a yellow banner, you see latest news, coronavirus and volcanic eruption on La Palma. And you click either of those and you get what the rules, norms and regulations are regarding that particular subject, including what you need to do to travel here. Absolutely. So that would be, I mean, that's not as good as us, of course. I mean, could it be? It doesn't have the same joie de vivre as you and I have when we bring information to people. But the information is possibly a bit more uh, up to date and delivered in print form. <laughs> yes. <laughs> speaking it of La Palma, what is that? It is a very good website and it's very easy to follow. The English is very good yes, it is. and it's very clear. So I would recommend that. Listen, I mentioned La Palma, Janet. What, what is the latest? It's not. I mean, it's not good nor bad, it's Well, the, the latest ongoing. is that um, the volcanologists are refusing to say this is coming to an end because they say there is still the potential for it to reactivate and there is still the potential for further earthquakes up to and including an intensity six. But they acknowledge as well that right now the volcanic tremors down seismicity is way down there are very few earthquakes at the moment and none of them are above a, a mid three level which is you know is bad enough but there are very few and it's quite clearly a reduced level of seismicity a reduced volcanic tremor and the difference between that is seismicity is just the earth moving it is earthquakes whereas the volcanic tremor is if you like the drumbeat of magma going into the mm. chamber those two things they're way down um as of last night however there was a reactivation of strombolian activity and this morning that has stopped to be replaced with an incredible amount of degasification as they call it the the main cone has been emitting phenomenal amounts of ash and particularly gas okay. to such an extent that the levels of sulfur dioxide were so bad the children who'd gone to school in some areas this morning 
were confined in school until about an hour ago. Oh dear. The parents weren't allowed to pick them up even because they introduced an emergency stay at home, stay where you are, stay indoors, when the sulfur dioxide levels rose. And they didn't know how long that was going to last, but it has in the last half hour, I think, uh, been, been lifted. So it's still ongoing. It seems to be reducing. Um, the government says, the regional government says the funds are getting through. I, there are people obviously saying it's three months now. Where's our money? You know, we have to start to rebuild our lives. These things have their own rate and pace because people have to prove they own what they have lost. And that has to be legally validated. So it is taking time. The government is on the case and they say they are trying their hardest to get yeah. this money out of people. I mean, it, it, bureaucracy never takes more less time than it can, and usually more time than it needs to. That's very um, often true. Yeah. And I mean, even though we've talked about this before, like the advantage being that the governments locally, regionally, and nationally are all from the same party, which has probably smoothed some of the processes, but there are still delays. Not just smooths them but it, it does actually facilitate easier agreement it does speed things up it mightn't feel like that to people on the ground exactly there at the minute but it does speed things up mm. and it, it means there is one purpose and one view and the the biggest problem i suppose is the proof of legality the proof yeah. of ownership the proof of what was lost was legal um and in that area it is possible that some properties weren't they have to check out mm. that people have lost what they claim and what value that has that has to be compensated this takes time and of course there are different levels of government there's the municipalities the council areas then there's the island cabildo before you even get to the regional government so it, it is a process that's um that that is proceeding at the very least yeah. but what the most important thing it, from our perspective perhaps is that the eruption does seem to be quietening down and they would like to see this, I think, for another few weeks before they say, OK, this is sure. coming to an end. Your story about the school kids today, I mean, it just brings home the, the magnitude of, of what is going on for those who are living there. I mean, we're here and we're on another island or people are listening from other countries and it's you know, a very visual event and people are going out to see it or watching it on television. And then we go away and do other things. But for the people who are living in La Palma, it is an eternal part of their daily lives. They hear the rumbles 24 hours, 24 seven. Uh, they send the kids to school and then can't get them out again because of something that happened that was beyond their control. And there will always, I presume, or has been for the last three and a half months, this just ongoing level of uncertainty about what's going to happen next. And we kind exactly. of forget that a bit. Exactly. They are living with this and the effects can be quite traumatic psychologically when you live with this level of stress for a prolonged period of time and we are now three months i mean that is a long time to be stressed and worried about your home and perhaps not even to be in your home or to have lost your home Completely. and not know when you might be rehomed yeah the level of stress is very considerable and i'm pleased to see that the as always here, one thing I do love about this place is that the site, the, um, the Colegio de 
of psychologists. Okay, the yeah. Psychologists Guild, if you like. They they are so often among the first to go in there to help people. Good, good. There is psychological support, and these people are going to need it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, you thought COVID was bad. Deal with this on top of it, you know, and exactly. with all that. Like, it puts what the rest of us are suffering through right now into some level of perspective, doesn't it? It yeah, certainly I mean, does. Christmas ain't going to be a lot of fun, I think, for, for a lot of people in La Palma. No, no, no. Okay, um, then let's move to the new levels. I mean, we mentioned this earlier that we've been expecting this for a few weeks because levels of infection have been rising here. So we, I actually thought two weeks ago that Gran Canaria and Tenerife would move from level one to level two, but finally happened on Friday of last week, a day a day later than the normal level announcements are made, but it hasn't come into effect until midnight last night. You know, right. zero, we zero, are, zero, we are one. Now in, we are in yeah, level two. We are now in level two. Now, the, the restrictions are not that huge in a way. Um, I mean, what I've been looking at, maybe for younger persons, because it will mean in restaurants, if I'm getting this correctly, indoors 50% capacity, yeah. outdoors 75% capacity. Um, groups of eight, 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 uh, and then no group can be bigger than 12. I think, is that right? Even if they are, unless they're from the same family and being that's from right. the same family means that they're all living under the same roof. It, it, that's the key. It's cohabitation. Yeah. It's not if you're family. living together, then you're together anyway, yeah. but it's groups of eight. And there is one other factor in this that, um, already now in law, until the middle of January is the option for businesses to demand a COVID certificate for entry. And those businesses that do that are not so restricted to level two. Now that's measures. interesting. Yeah, because I they was are allowed to go down a level, basically to level one, which is virtually no restrictions. Okay, so that is and confirmed because I had, I was out for dinner in a nice little restaurant, a favorite one of mine in Kaya Sobache. Little Germany, and the woman was asking me, um, first of all, was this true? And how could she download the reader onto her phone? Because there was there's a reader, and we were trying to trying to find the app, we couldn't. But she can put a reader onto her phone that automatically reads a, a cert, a COVID cert. Yes, that's and right. It, immediately it reads gets... the QR code. Exactly. It reads the QR code on the vaccine certificate, and it automatically downloads it. Now the Canadian government has made that app available for people to use online right, and right. you can scan you can scan the certificate that you have and it automatically downloads to your phone that app is available through the canarian government's website and on virtually all the pages there is some sort of reference to it because they right. want people to have them well okay so it's easy enough to find them I th well, I think it is. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I will look for it for her and let her know. Um, okay. because, but she, And that is good that you can confirm, as she had said she'd been told that if she brings it in, it means she can, in effect, operate on a level lower than she could it, if she it, didn't have it. Absolutely, that is the key. It is the level below. So it's not that level one is only level one because we're now in level two. If, yeah. if as is expected, in a week's time, Tenerife goes to level three because our figures are there. Yeah. They're awful. Mm. They really are awful. And if we go up to level three, then any business demanding the COVID certificate will, will be able to apply 
level two okay. restriction. At the moment we're in level two, they can apply level one. If they are not demanding the COVID certificate, they have to apply the rules of the level we're in, which is as of today, level two. It should have been, according to the figures the government itself has used to put Grand Canaria, for example, into level two this week, we were there a week ago. Mm -hmm. If they didn't put us into level two a week ago, and no one has really explained why, but in my own mind, I can't help but connect it to the fact that there were three major events in the municipios of very powerful politicians in the north that they wanted to take place. So in my view, a commercial advantage, we have all been endangered. So they, they were able to manipulate government decisions, you're, you're suggesting? I am saying that that is my confirmed opinion. Okay. What were the events, Car uh, Janet? Plenilunio, which is a Santa Cruz fiesta of parties and shows and public events. There was the, what used to be called a noche in Blanco in La Laguna, but that has now become a semana in Blanco. Okay. It's a whole week of events where crowds are encouraged. To go and by. You know, to go into shops, to go into concerts, open air performances, open air may be, but in crowds of hundreds of people. And so those were two. And there was also, so they were under the auspices of Santa Cruz Ayuntamiento and La Laguna Ayuntamiento. And those mayors are very powerful in tenor. Okay, all right. And the third event was the Feria de Artesanía, which was in the Recinto Ferial, and that is a Cabildo um, dependency. And those three events were taking place last week. And in my opinion, because of the commercial advantages that those three events provide, and I understand that they don't want to dampen commerce any more than it has already been ruined mm -hmm. throughout the course of this year. But if our figures are such that if Grand Canaria's figures are such that they have to go into level two now, and ours were there a week ago and we were kept out of level two, I just say, draw your own conclusions. I've drawn mine. Well, that's it. I, I mean, it is a conclusion rather than uh, proven. And I, I, I can't offer oh, yeah, yeah. any argument no. for or against because I don't have any information on it. Um, I no. don't know is the answer to, if anyone was to ask least, me, is this true? I don't know. I don't know. At least I, we're in level two now. Yeah, I mean, and I would hope that it isn't the case, but but you know, I'm not. I have no proof either way. Um, no. But now we are. In was, for some reason, we were kept out of level two, and it could be entirely coincidental that there were three big commercial events being held in the same week. Um, I don't believe in coincidences um, any more than Father Christmas, but. Um, at well, Father Christmas, at least now, we know. <laughs> Father Christmas is, time. of course, visiting children this year. We this we do Absolutely. know. Absolutely, he well he was he's fully vaccinated. Given the key, he's fully vaccinated and is a key worker. He is a key worker. Frontline. Not only a key worker, but he's given a key to enable him to go into all houses to deliver presents for children. And did you know that he um, and the three kings are constantly in touch coming up to Christmas? So that sometimes they divide up. In, in Spanish yeah. households, which children get bigger presents from the Three Kings and which children get the bigger presents from Santa Claus. And of course, so they do work together. Here is that anybody who's been really, 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 really naughty 
and broken all the COVID restrictions this year, we'll get a bag of coal instead of a present. There might be some already being stuffed. <laughs> Listen, just, well, I'm just curious. Now, here's a question. Not that I am planning to go dancing, but I do know some, some young people. Um, because under level two as well, discos have to close at three and no dancing is permitted. So I wondered then, on foot of what you've been saying, on foot, do you get it? It's a fun. <laughs> If, if you had a nightclub who insisted that everybody showed their certificate, could they then go to level one rules and allow dancing? There's a question. That's as I understand it, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's an interesting one. We will keep an eye on that. Yeah. For anybody I, I who not, feels I like going dancing. Say, though, I have to say, I've given our figures, which in Tenerife are, I mean, we are well out stripping Grand Canaria right okay. now. Mm -hmm. And I think that, in a week's time, if we don't go to level three, I, I will be quite surprised. And that'll be just in time for Christmas and yeah. you know, nobody really wants this, but what can it's, you do? I think Omicron took everybody horribly by surprise because everyone, we were all feeling a bit smug that we'd got a handle on it. It was just about vaccinations. The boosters were doing their job, but there wasn't any rush. And suddenly slam bam, Omicron mam. Um, Omicron and Omicron, Omicron Plus and yeah. yeah. And we were wondering oh. where, where the other 13 Greek letters are in between Delta and Omicron. Absolutely. Hopefully they aren't 13 other variants that we've just never heard of. Um, I don't want to know, I think. <laughs> They're going to have to develop names like they do for hurricanes, aren't they? Well, that every year they update with the whole different set of alphabeticals because we had Arwen and Barra, which are both <laughs> oh, Celtic God. names. So. Well, like Arwen's Welsh, isn't it? And Barra's Irish, so God knows where we're going. No, don't even <laughs> speculate that, Janet, because we'll start naming the vaccines as well. You know, I had, I had Betty this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I had Charlie this morning. Yes, yeah. okay. no, that might, might people might misconstrue what you said if you said that. <laughs> they might think that's very, that else. is very true. <laughs> Talking of which, though, we have both had our boosters. I have to. I have to say that the system for boosters is really good and they are now doing so well here. Yeah, I have, I've had mine as well and I'm very happy. Yeah. Not only are people being boosted above the age of 60, but they have either just taken or are imminently to take possession of vaccines, which they are now going to be able to offer to five and 11, to 11 I think they've arrived because they're due to they start giving them arrived, this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's really, Spain has done very, very, very well in this. We are way up there in, in, in terms of European coverage. We are one of the top two, I think. Now, can I do my gripe, my gripe of the day? I mean, yes, we have done very well, but I got a little bit sick in recent crisis days of listening to uh, UK ministers saying, we have the best vaccine program in the world. And you're thinking, actually, do you know no, you what? Don't. You did. No, you don't. You did. But also, can we stop doing this? Can we stop having vac vaccine booster pat ourselves on the back statements? Because Spain's done very well. So has Ireland. So has the UK. Um, so have lots of other countries. But then other countries haven't done so well. So rather than going around and preening, you know, I think we need to look beyond how well Spain has done and say, in general, there needs to be more vaccines available for, 
you know, but not just the third world, but, you know, vaccine hesitancy needs to be looked at. And, you know, let's be glad that our own countries are doing well, but let's not just sit back make and it. accept the laurels and say, aren't we the best? Why make a competition of it? Exactly. Lies, you. you know, why make a competition? Why does everything have to be a bloody competition? Even a quiz in Downing Street, for goodness sake, stop <laughs> making everything a competition. And I well, there are some questions we would like to get the answers to, but I don't think we get them get from the answers to some of them, I tell you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but one thing that impressed me recently was um, Carolina Darius, who is the National Health Secretary, but a woman from Gran Canaria. Indeed. Herself. She's, she's a Canarian. And she is now the National Spanish Health Minister. And she was picking up on um, the EU Commission's own call for vaccines not to be hoarded, to be spread around the world, because it, it's like having a house on fire. At the moment, not planetary climate fire, but imagine a house on fire and everybody's in their own rooms with their own host pipe and saying, oh, look, I've just put my sofa out and now the rug's on fire. Oh, that's out. And meanwhile, the roof is about to cave in on everybody. The roof everybody. is on fire. Yeah, we, have yeah. to sh we have to share these vaccines. Exactly. And making oneself the best. It, the bottom line is any country that really is the greatest in the world doesn't need to go around saying it, do they? But also, you know, to whom are you saying it and why does it matter if the question is about something completely different as well? Well, all I can say from my own perspective, and everybody knows my view on Brexit, is, is that if, if at the time we are meant to be looking globally to help the whole planet to save our own lives, mm. it's the last time that one should be looking inward and only inward and saying, we are the best, we are the best, and not even looking to see how one gets on with one's nearest neighbours, never mind the other side of the world yeah. or yeah. subcontinent. But you know? I suppose I just, it's kind of annoyed me and it's not just Britain who've done it. I mean, other countries will start doing it too. And you're kind of going, yeah, I know your vaccine program is really good. That's great. But now there's actually bigger things to deal with, with within the COVID bubble. Absolutely. So we accept that, but let's not go on about it anymore. And now let's look at how we tackle the bigger issues. And, I, and I'm, I'm making it more of a global statement because it's not only Britain that are guilty of, of a little bit of press beating. I mean, yeah, they did. They were, God, you know, the AstraZeneca rollout was fantastic. It was amazing. Um, but then, you know, the, the BioNTech, Moderna, our European drugs as well. So everybody can start taking a little bit of kudos and credit. Okay, if you got your credit, have you got your kudos in your back pocket? Now can we move on? You know something, I think sometimes people haven't learned anything in the best part of two and a half thousand years because they recognized this crap about the fast start and the breast beating and aren't we the best and the hair being overtaken by the tortoise. There you in go. the end because of it, because of the last lap and uh the race being stopped and somebody from holland beating somebody from the uk and taking a title oh, <laughs> we <yes. talk? laughs> no let's not go there because i really no, let, have no, no, no idea let's, what i'm talking let's about happen, that one. <laughs> <laughs> hamilton was always my favorite musical but now i'm not sure <laughs> well he's going to be a star so i think he can manage without his record he's done bloody well and he's not finished yet i mean i think it was just the most it was an incredible year of formula one and i know nothing about formula one and i'm not a fan but i just thought i just thought oh i can throw this in there now i can make a reference <laughs> to sport and people will think i'm cool <laughs> 
anyway, darling Janet, I think I think we have covered our topic list. I think we have done think, so. Yeah. We've done so. Right. And I, I will do what I've been doing of late, plug the English Time programmes because next week, so on the 20, looking at my diary over the top of, on the 20, third it's a musical special english time that's on radio Suradeche on thursday from 1 to 1 30 i've just got to half an hour of christmas music your favorites from the last six decades Wonderful. and then the following thursday it will be an end of the year special we're going to hear from the british ambassador um, yes. we're going to keep politics out of it by the way and you and i will also i think have a look at some of the big stories of the year and fingers crossed look to hopefully a slightly better 2022 and that will be going out at one o'clock on the 30, 30th of December but this will be our last podcast till next year. This will be our last podcast of 2021 it still feels like March 2020 to me but yeah it's 2021. <laughs> I know I know. And so I would just like to wish everybody a very happy Christmas and a peaceful safe new year and let's hope things well things can only get better oh, let's hope. God, i hope so i hope so yes they can only get better and i mean compared to this time last year we are still a hell of a lot better off than we were a year ago pre-vaccine so have a lovely christmas have a lovely whatever celebration you you are enjoying and I hope there is some celebration in everybody's life before the end of the year. And we will talk again in 2022. So goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Happy Christmas. <laughs>